please stand for our call to worship. Psalm 47. To the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Well, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together, the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, that you are good and holy and worthy to be called upon and exclaimed and praised. And we know that you call us to worship you and you invite us into your presence. Please be with us that we would be clean, that we would turn from our sins and just exclaim your greatness and your mercies forever and ever. Be with our worship today, that it would be pleasing to you. Amen. Let's uh, go ahead and look at our first scripture reading in the Old Testament. Page 609, if you're going from your, your pew Bible. We are in the book of Isaiah, as we frequently are. And we are looking at uh, verses 1 through 13. Once again, this is the Holy Word of God, forever preserved for His people. Isaiah 49. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention to you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother He named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of His hand He hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In His quiver He hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely my right is with the Lord, and my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says it is... Too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One is one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise princes and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Thus says the Lord, in a time of favor, I have answered you. In a day of salvation, I have helped you. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people to establish the land, to apportion the desolate heritages, saying to the prisoners, Come out, to those who are in darkness, appear, 
They shall feed along the ways, on all bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger or thirst. Neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them, for he who has pity on them will lead them, and by springs of water will guide them. And I will make all my mountains a road, and my highway shall be raised up. Behold, these shall come from afar, and behold, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sion. Sing for the joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. You may turn in your pew Bible, if that is what you are using, to page 843. Last week, we dealt with the, well, Christ's rejection, basically, of the Pharisees and the scribes as he drove them uh, away with his words, explaining what true defilement and, and true holiness is. That it was not a matter of, of what comes from the outside, but what happens in the heart, what we have in our hearts. And in this episode here, it's as if he's putting an exclamation point on that as he is going to what they would have considered a defiled people, a defiled land. So here is the word of the Lord, Mark chapter 7, verse 24. And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first. For it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may go. Your way, the demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. So is the reading of the holy, preserved, inerrant word of the Lord. We thank you, Father, for your word. Help us to understand it. Help us to have faith in your word and in you. Amen. So sometimes faith is found in places you'd like least expect. There was a a woman at a church years ago, and she was of uh, East Indian descent. This is in Lincoln here. She was from India, and she was asked, you know, what was her faith uh, when she grew up in India, and, you know, expected she would say Buddhism, Islam, or uh, Hindu, or another Eastern religion. And she said, I grew up Methodist. Um, and that, that was very surprising. Uh, and so in this section of Mark, we're surprised to see that Jesus leaves his, his country, the lost sheep of, of Israel, and he heads 
to a pagan land. He's leaving the unbelieving scribes and Pharisees, going to this Gentile land where there's where he finds a Gentile woman, not even a religious leader. And Jesus leaves the faithless religious leaders of his peoples and, and, and finds faith in this, in this foreign land, a land that was a long time bitter enemy. So we'll, we'll see in this passage how, how faith was born in this woman through hearing about Jesus, through his word. And we'll see Christ praise her for her faith. And how he finally rewards her hope in him through another of his great miracles. So, point number one. We see the Gentile woman hears about Jesus. And faith comes by hearing and and we have to understand, you know, salvation has always been the same in history. Abraham and his family were saved, how? By the word of God. The same is true for Isaac and Jacob and David and Moses and everyone else in the Old Testament. And even more, nationality and geography do not change this whatsoever. A heathen Gentile woman is saved the same way as those who we've been reading about in the Gospel of Mark and in Samaria, or I should say in Judea and Galilee. And we read in Verse 24, that Jesus leaves Galilee for Tyre and Sidon, a a Gentile region, a major trading post. There were great traders of different things, very prosperous generally. So Jesus is rejected the scribes and the Pharisees and he leaves his area completely. This is would be about 50 miles north on the, on the coast of the sea. So about the distance from, from here to Omaha, the distance that for us, depending on who's driving, is 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. Yet for, for the folks in those days, it's a serious commitment. 50 miles is two to three days journey and you are getting away from your, from your homeland. He arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. He entered a house. He did not want anyone to know. He wanted to be alone. How many times have we seen that so far in the Gospel of Mark? Jesus wants to get away with his disciples and and just refresh. Yet, as much as he wants to rest, and this is just a consistent theme, he can't escape the fact that the word of his miracles has has spread. 
And it tells us, yet he could not be hidden. His miracles and his preaching power and everything had, had spread all over. And, and this could have happened in many ways. Of course, Tyre and Sidon, is, is, you know, they were frequent traders and there were people coming in to Galilee and to Israel from, from Tyre and Sidon with their goods and wares. And, and we read uh, well, a while back in, in Mark 3, 8 where, where the, it specifically mentioned folks being there in the midst of Jesus' miracles and preaching that were from Tyre and Sidon. And we know that, that previously Jesus drove the legion of demons out of the demoniac in, in the Decapolis, another pagan region. So word is, has spread through these various avenues. And, and what's more, we read that this immediately a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an unclean spirit heard of him. And came and fell down at his feet. Matthew's account of it tells us that she worshipped him. Explicitly, that she worshipped him. She understood who Jesus was. This, this Gentile woman, she hears of Jesus and she believes. This is the power of the word of God. And while we don't know exactly where she heard about Jesus, who told her about Jesus, we can't always comprehend and track how the Spirit of God works. Jesus in John 3 says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone born of the Spirit? The Spirit does as the Spirit wills. And it's our job to, to follow after the Spirit when we see the Spirit working and, <clears throat> and to be led by the Spirit. But we can't always know how and why the Spirit works in other people. But this Greek woman clearly has been turned to Christ through the hearing of the word of God. And she, she pestered the disciples and Jesus. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. <clears throat> in, Matthew's, in Matthew's account, it tells us that uh, she said, Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, not a word. <clears throat> and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. She cries out after us. So it did not bother her whatsoever that, that his disciples didn't want anything to do with her. She continued. She was steadfast. She knew who Jesus was. 
She is acting in faith on what she knows. And what does she know? Well, from what I just read, she knew that Christ is Lord. That He is the Son of David. That's pretty particular. That is a, a Old Testament Jewish understanding. He is the Son of David. She certainly is not a child of David. Somehow she has gotten knowledge particular knowledge of Christ and she knows he is the great savior and king and, and miracle worker. So she she goes to him who she knows hates the demon that is inside her daughter. She knows that Christ despises the demons, the demons, the devils, and the wickedness. And Christ will drive them from her daughter. And so she's, she's asking Jesus to exercise this demon from her daughter, drive the demon away. It's interesting from here on out in Mark, we only have one more occasion where uh, <clears throat> where we deal with demon possession. That's a little, it'll be a couple chapters. It's a little boy that's possessed of demons that throw him in the fire and everything. And here it's a little Gentile girl. <coughs> so there's still some demons in Galilee, but apparently they fled Galilee. It seems because of Jesus. They wouldn't be surprising if they sought greener pastures for their evil, their malevolent ways. Running from Christ as he is pushing forth his kingdom in Israel. And so here we have this this woman with a demon-possessed child seeking the son of David to drive out the demon and her child in, in this foreign pagan land. And so we'll see here that Jesus is going to commend her for her faith ultimately, but first off he explains his mission to the woman. She begged him to drive out the demon. And his response, all this response has bugged, bugged modern sensibilities for the last few decades. <clears throat> but don't let it bother you. This is what Jesus says to the woman. Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. In Matthew, he, he furthermore says that... Uh, that he's come for the lost sheep of, of Israel. He is telling her it's, it's not yet time for the kingdom to come to the Gentiles. He has come for the lost sheep of Israel. And, and so let's not be offended by Jesus' dog comment here as so many 
in this day and age seem to be offended. I mean, after all, what does he call his people? I'd kind of be offended at being called a lost sheep. What is a sheep? They're helpless. They're dumb. They're defenseless. They're unable. Their only virtue is they have a thick coat of wool which demands that people take care of them. That's their only protection is they've got this wool which causes people to say, I need, I need to keep some sheep around so I can dress warmly in the wintertime. Otherwise, sheep. are defenseless and unable to do most anything except for just graze. They need a shepherd. So it is a great consolation as a believer to learn that we have a great shepherd. And it's a great consolation for me that I am a sheep because I resemble everything I just said about sheep. And I need a shepherd to take care of me. So this issue of of him referring to the Gentiles and also the woman being a Gentile, referring to them as a dog, is not something to get offended at. Did the woman get offended? Was she upset? If anybody should be upset, it should be the woman. What was her response? Let the children be fed first. For it is not right to take the children's bread. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, At his response. But she answered and said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. She responds in perfect love and faith. She understands exactly what Jesus is talking about. She referred to him as the king or the son of David. She knows he has come for the lost sheep of Israel. And it is his prerogative to take care of them first. And so her response is absolutely beautiful and humble. She's saying, you don't have to do anything else. I will just dine on the crumbs that your children drop. The children are messy. Jesus doesn't have to go out of his way to make a special excursion to save her daughter. She is basically calling for him to heal her right where he's at. Reminiscent of the, of the centurion in the, in the book of Matthew where the centurion asked the same thing of Jesus. You don't have to come to my house. You can heal my servant right here. So she responds in faith. She, she understands. She knows who Christ is. And she responded with faith and and humility. And Christ 
commends her for her faith. Oh, then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. The account in Matthew, he explicitly mentions her faith. And in Mark, verse 29, he largely says the same thing. For this statement, you may go your way, the demon has left your child. So Jesus commends her for her faith and and he rewards her faith. And he kicks the demons out without even going to her house, without even approaching the demons. Just right there. Just like she declared. Just let the crumbs fall from the table. Jesus heals her daughter. His word has come full circle from from being used of the Spirit to turn her to faith, to being proclaimed by him to cast out a demon, possibly miles away. And so as we look back at this passage, we can see that our application, God's Word, it just does not return void. We don't know how this Word reached this woman, but it did from someone that had seen Jesus and talked to Jesus. And so we must hear God's Word because faith comes by hearing. It is our salvation through the power of the Spirit. It is what we need every day to feed on and to feast on. And this, this word brings our faith, and our faith is never a faith that just sits there and, and does nothing and watches as friends and family need our help, and, and yet we just tell them that, like James would say, oh, we'll, we'll pray for you when we have the means to help them. No, faith works. It reaches out, it helps, it blesses. Even sometimes living by faith can be embarrassing like the Syrophoenician woman that was being told by the disciples, run away, we don't want, what are you doing? And you can imagine if there were other people around them, they were saying the same thing, why are you following these Jewish people around? What's up with that? They're not of us. Believing by faith can be embarrassing, but it's it's what we do. We're a, we're a peculiar people, us Christians. We stand out because of our love for Christ. And sometimes people make fun of us for that. That's okay. We serve a king. And even more, we 
We don't have to go to another country to share our faith as with, with people who, who don't even know of Christ. We can just walk across the street. There are people in our neighborhoods all over who come from completely different understandings of the world and faith backgrounds and religions. And we can just walk across the street and meet them when they're getting their mail. And the third point of application, our works, they're an expression of our thankfulness to the Lord and Christ blesses blesses those. He blesses us. It's, it's so important to realize that uh, you know, good works are those things which are, are done from a proper understanding of the law of God as the catechism talks about. And they in no way cause God to say, oh wow, look at that. That was fantastic. I couldn't have done that. No, we don't impress God with our works, but yet He blesses us because we're His children. And He blesses His children. And we do those works not to impress God ourselves, but because He's our our Father. He's our Savior. And He He lives in us and, and we love Him. And so we walk in the works He's prepared for us out of thankfulness because of what He has done for us. So in conclusion, it's interesting that in chapter 4 of Mark we we read the parable of the mustard seed at the end of that, near the end of that chapter. This mustard seed is the smallest of the uh, seeds of the garden and it's planted and it grows up into an incredibly huge fruitful bush almost like a tree and the birds of the air will plant their nest in it and the birds are pictures of the nations and so that mustard seed is now starting to sprout little branches. This Syro-Phoenician woman and her faith is the beginning of this blooming of the mustard seed into a large tree. A light has dawned upon the Gentiles. And this woman, she, she heard about Christ. She heard the Gospel. She exercised her faith in Christ. And Christ blessed her as He has done previously in the Gospel of Mark. He drove out the demon. This might have been a demon. He's already driven out a few times. We don't know. But He drove it out of the, of the woman's daughter and And now today as we think about that that mustard seed and that that great big plant that sprouts today we look 
and God's Word and His faith has spread all over His creation to every nook and cranny of this world. And we are a larger branch of that mustard seed. We are spiritual descendants of, of this faithful woman. Christ rejecting and being rejected by the scribes and the Pharisees became this woman's hope as Christ sought solitude in a foreign land. This rejection of Christ to the scribes and Pharisees is the, becomes the hope of the nations from which we ourselves have been so richly blessed through the proclamation of the word of God through the faith which springs from his eternal perfect and holy word let's pray thank you Lord and your work is wonderful and we're thankful that you give us faith and that you bless us when we walk in that faith through the power of your spirit please be with the rest of our of our days from today on until that day when you call us home that we would walk in that faith to be a to be a blessing to one another and, and, and just to advance your kingdom that your that your plant would continue to sprout throughout the nations and that we would be just a, a, a small twig helping towards the advancement of your kingdom. Bless everything we do in your Son's name. Amen.